Hey, welcome back to Intimate Interactions. Let's get back to discussing the ways we share love and intimacy with our fellow humans. Relationships, kink, polyamory, group sex, it's time to unlearn stigma and live our best lives as our best selves. All thanks to my amazing Patreon supporters. Intimate Interactions has no ads but this one. If you want to keep it that way, you can go to patreon.com slash victorsalmon. You get access to exclusive premium content like all of my coping with jealousy stuff. And hey, if that makes you jealous of my patrons, it sounds like it might be time to sign up. Free resources are available at victorsalmon.com slash resources, and book recommendations are at intimatepodcast.com forward slash books. Also, my Patreon supporters don't have to listen to this ad. Now, let's talk about the episode. Welcome, Intimates. Chris Perry is back to talk about parents, trauma, fear of intimacy, and the boy from the Wendy's parking lot. She came to the recording session directly from his house. I mentioned my partners in the session. I talk about the importance of trying again and again and again when it comes to getting hurt in intimacy. My position is you can't easily choose not to be hurt in life, but you can choose who gets to hurt you. I think if you make a good choice, you won't regret it. On that note, I invite you to tell a friend about this podcast or write a review to help other folks find us. And now let's go to the session. Nonviolent communication. Yeah. Are you like not familiar with this at all? No, all of my communication is not violent. Got you. So I'm talking about a book released by Marshall Rosenberg called Nonviolent Communication. Oh no, I haven't read that book. Okay. Anyways, it's just all about human needs. Um, but that's not important. Why is it, why is it called nonviolent communication? So the idea is a lot of the time when we communicate, we communicate with implied accusation. Yeah. So we'll say something like when you went out with your friends, I felt really abandoned. Mm-hmm. And that is saying you abandoned me when you got, when you went out with your friends. Mm-hmm. It's not saying I felt alone. It's not saying I felt scared. It's not saying, um, I felt like insecure, uncertain, or, or just like hurt even. It's saying you abandoned me. Yeah, I keep all of my emotions to myself for the most part. I'll talk about them with, like, really, really good friends. You have to be a really good friend for mm-hmm. me to, like, talk about... Emotions. ...that type of stuff, you know? Because um, for the most part, all I'm trying to do is make other people comfortable around me, you know? So it's like I will compromise my own everything just to make other people happy. Why are you trying to make other people happy? I, do, I make myself happy on my own, but if I go to people, chances are, like, I'm not going to get what I want out of, you know, like, I love, I love hanging out with my really good friends, but, like, mm-hmm. for the most part, like, people aren't going to be the type of person that I want to spend time with, you know? Just this. Yeah, just it. Okay. Yeah, face shot. And we're back. Face shot. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I, like, I make myself happy on my own all the time, you know? And mm-hmm. I never did that before, and now I'm, like, completely happy with that, but, you know, like, for if somebody abandoned me or I felt abandoned in any way, I would never say it. Really? Like, you just wouldn't communicate negative emotions to someone? No. You do seem really closed off. Have you noticed your body language changed? Yeah. Like, literally, you've crossed your legs, you've crossed your arms. Yeah. You're leaning a little further back than usual. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as we started talking about negative emotions, you were like, no, 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 I'm not fucking showing that to anyone. (laughs) No one gets to see all of those things. Yeah, that's like, yeah, it's funny, because I talk to the shaman all the time. He's kind of like my therapist, because... Sure. I, c- I couldn't say things to a therapist anymore because I would sound like a crazy person and they would probably put me in a room with, you know, padded walls. 
But do you really think that? Because like I think most therapists hopefully would just recognize you're talking about your lived experience like on psychedelics. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm. I'm not sure. So I just don't go there. But mm-hmm. I talk to this shaman where it's like. As soon as I come in, I'm so wound up and so crazy. And then, like, after half an hour, it's like I mellow out or whatever. But he's even like, why can't you? He tries to, like, push out all of this stuff. And it's just like, I just can't go there. I don't know why. Right. I just don't. You know, I don't know. I don't even know when a time, what good time would be. Like, I, my mm-hmm. girlfriend, I was just on the phone with Michelle. Yeah. She knows everything about me. Sure. But it's taken a long time for it to be that way. Like, I don't really... I talk to Devin sometimes. I'll mm-hmm. talk... Cause I've known her since, you know... Forever. Like, yeah, so... But, you know, my family, like, things like that, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't get that. Even, like, people that I'm, like, seeing, I won't talk about things with, like... Uh, yeah, I, I don't even think there's an even about that. Like, I would just have expected that. And I mean that, like, not in any kind of critical way. Yeah. But, like, for a lot of folks that struggle with um, sex and intimacy individually, yeah. they'll do one but not the other. Yeah. And doing both of them at the same time is, like, terrifying. Yeah. Would you say that describes you? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I can do... I don't even... I'm not a huge... Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't... I guess I just don't like getting close to people, maybe. Yeah. I you mean, what, what's, what's, how do you, like, <laughs> I want to try not to sound like a fucking therapist and saying, how do you feel about that? <laughs> but like, um, I was going to ask, um, right when you said you struggle getting close to people, I was like, is it scary for you? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe. I just don't want to. It's just like, I just don't, I, maybe I don't want to be disappointed. I don't know. Sure. It's just easier. Like, I hate feeling things like that. Like, I don't like breaking up. I you don't remind like... me of Unikitty so much. <laughs> yeah, I you know s- Unikitty. Have you, have you seen the Lego yeah. movie? You yeah. remind me of Unikitty so much. <laughs> yeah, and also just like, no angry, just happy feelings. Yeah. Clouds, unicorns, butterflies, rainbows. That's it. But I don't have that thing where I explode, ever. Right. Like, I don't, that won't, but I don't even know how that could happen. Do you have a thing where you implode instead? I guess, yeah. Not like, I don't, not for a long time. Sure. Um, I mean, it, obviously, it's going to take a lot to get there. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I have, for sure. Like, when I, I used to be, like, I used to have a lot more, I don't know, now that I kind of live this, like, easygoing lifestyle. Way less stressful. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe one day I'm just going to fucking lose it. I mean, I don't, honestly, like, I'm not in any way Yeah, no, no, no. no. I think about these things sometimes, especially when I'm on psychedelics. Sure. And honestly, I've heard psychedelics are a good way to confront a lot of the shit that we don't confront. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to bring your attention to is you use the word disappointment. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the time it isn't so much that we're worried about other people disappointing us as us disappointing ourselves. Yeah. I disappoint myself like, you know, but like, it's always like, it's always, but with the, when I disappoint myself, sure. it's always when I come out, like, cause I'm inside of a box. Right. And I'll sort of c- come out a little bit and then. Mm-hmm something will happen and it'll just like push me back in or whatever. And then I'm disappointed because it's like, I knew I had like instinctively felt like this was a bad idea. Right. And then I go and do it. And then I knew that that was going to happen. And then I end up, you know, in maybe a worse off situation than I would have if I just didn't go and take that chance. Let's say. Totally. You're talking about like being emotionally vulnerable and being hurt. Yeah. With any, not even just like, just with friends, with any, like with family members. Totally with family members. I mean, you're nailing it right now. You are killing it. Like, yeah, it totally like family. Family is where we form like those first really important relationships. Yeah. And to be horrifically disappointed by family and dysfunctional family members, like that's going to impact the way we form other intimate relationships. Yeah. And then also, though, it's like your family, right? It's like you can't just cut 
cut those people out really but it's like it would be nice to like my dad is one of the most unhealthy individuals to have in my life i've learned how to like keep him at a distance you know yeah which is good but prior to like before like he would affect me all the time so it didn't matter what kind of work i was doing on myself i would just go and spend time with my dad and he would be a negative you know psychotic like asshole and it just like then it's you know you get hurt and then you feel and then you have to go start all over again whereas now i'm just like okay you're kind of over there and you're like this you know human that is just like a ball of like you know like negative energy and as long as you know i just kind of i don't expect anything from him Mm -hmm. because if you have expectations then you know yeah then you have expectations yeah i don't like having expectations i like to go into you know i think it's especially with like opposite sex parents like i definitely have struggled a lot with feeling disappointed about my mom Mm -hmm. or feeling like like i thought i had very reasonable um, you know how when you have expectations of a parent and then you just realize they're never going to meet them, so you lower them? Yeah. And you keep lowering them until <laughs> you think you have, like, safe bar. expectations, <laughs> yeah. and they somehow manage to duck under yeah. the expectations, and you're like, you suck yeah. so hard. Like, I know. I'm, I'm trying to make this as easy as I can for you. And, like, at a certain point, you're trying to get the bar low enough so that they just won't yeah. painfully slip under it. Yeah. I have that... Uh... I definitely have... Well, I, do you remember when you first realized that your parents actually were not right? And that they are not the role models that you are really needing, you know? I am trying, and I don't know... I don't know that I ever thought they were role models. Oh, well, that's good. It was really fortunate that they, like, were never hidden about, like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about their, like, struggles with coping with life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like... Everyone talks about, like, the moment when, like, you realize that, like, your parents aren't heroes or whatever. And I was like, you thought your parents were heroes? I was like... Yeah. I just remember, like, violence. And I remember screaming. And I remember love sometimes. I, You know who I feel like right now? Do you ever watch Rick and Morty? Yeah. There's um, Morty's son. Um, Morty's Mortimer Smith Jr., the writer. Oh, I have... He's Gazorpa Zorpian from the first season. Not okay. important. Yeah, yeah. But there's the bit... He's Anyways, Morty's raising this kid as this child. And yeah. the TLDR from the episode is parents are just kids raising kids. Yeah. <laughs> but there's this bit where he's, like, trying to stop his alien son from going outside. He, like, tells him that there's poison gas outside. Yeah. He can't go outside. And, like, yeah. So there's all these things. And then at, at the end of the episode, the bumper at the end of the episode is his son as a grown adult on a talk show. Yeah. Um, and he's, like, a seasoned writer now because Morty, like, puts him on the path to being a creative as a way to channel his anger yeah so he's like writing this he'd written this book and it's on the new york times bestseller list available everywhere and it's the interview and it's like do you think this this book is is autobiographical and he's like oh you know i think i think all writing all writing probably is um <laughs> like such a typical writer response but then he goes into talking about his childhood and how like you know there was there was a lot of screaming in my house and violence <laughs> and threats of poison gas but also dancing <laughs> But then at the end, it cuts out, and the title of his book is My Horrible Father. <laughs> I, I honestly feel like, um, like, my, 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 a lot of people, like, I don't know if you were an accident. I was definitely an accident. But people don't, especially back in those times. Now people are, like, you know, getting parenting books. And even, right. even when they have accidents, whereas before it was like, oh, I have this kid, and I'm going to, you know, do my best, but I'm not going to seek advice or right. do anything. So it's like... Just these people that should not be having kids, first of all. And then they're raising kids, and they're just telling them crazy shit. Like, my mom used to, I would always question her. She'd be like, you can't do this. And I would always say, why? Like, I need a reason why. I can't just not do it. And she'd be like, because. 
I'm like, that's not good enough. I'm going to go and do it so hard now. Like, I'm going to do it so much harder. I totally respect that, like, defiance of... Did you ever, did you ever like, deal with gaslighting? <laughs> no. Oh, wonderful. Good for you. <laughs> um, yeah, so for me, like, a lot of that defiance came out of, like, arguments with my mom. Where, yeah. like, she would say she hadn't said things that she'd said. Or, like, yeah. um, we would just disagree about stuff. And, like... Since then, I've recorded podcasts with her and like with your mom. Yeah. Oh my god, I could never do that about about intimacy. No. And like fuck. specifically about not like in like a weird like um, Oedipian way or anything, but yeah. in like Oedipal way, but in like in the sense of like what were your relationships like with your siblings and like did you have any friends? Because like I never did saw her. I never saw her have friends growing up. Like yeah. I saw her have two friends and she shit talked to them all the time behind <laughs> their back. And I just remember being like. I just feel like she's powerfully sad all yeah. the time. Yeah. I don't know. My mom is like, she's so interested. Like, I feel as if all the time, all I'm trying to do is not be like my parents. Mm-hmm. That's like my goal. If I'm not like them, then I've done a good job. Wow. That's, not, that's not, powerful. Not saying that they're bad people or anything. I just really don't admire the way that their lives have gone or whatever. You know, it's like they're not, they're so closed off like they're so like my dad's an alcoholic my mom is like a stoner now mm-hmm. and so you know it's like a, they're both numbing you know like yeah they their both, coping strategies are so unhealthy yeah and it's and it you know it's like you can't when i was younger i thought that maybe there was a chance that i could have some effect on this but you can't change somebody unless you know they, they really want, want to change to. and it's like i don't give anyone relationship advice or anything anymore because it's like you just end up being the enemy of the boyfriend right. or whatever or the girlfriend you know it's like it's gonna run its course like yeah. if someone you can say whatever to somebody even like the person could be beating them and you could be helping them but like at the end of the day they're gonna keep going back like i never see like an intervention where it actually works my sister i actually kidnapped my sister was on heroin like years ago um she was smoking it anyways I heard about it, went and found her, kidnapped her. She was living in Chilliwack, took her like uh, out to Vancouver to my house when I had just moved in with the people at my work, that work where I was going and showering at the rec center. Solid. So like, I first I tell them that I've been living in a van and then I'm like, my sister's on heroin. I'm going to kidnap her and get her off of heroin cold turkey in our house we just moved into. Oh my God. So for two, I took two weeks off of work and I sat there with her and fucking went through it all. It was insane. And she, she's never done anything since. Like she's like, lives in Tofino, like surfs all the time. She's managing like a restaurant. Good for her. Yeah. No, That's it's really good. That's a huge turnaround. But I think that like, I don't think that interventions like that happen regularly. Like I don't I think agree. I'm surprised. Like I, at that time. I was still thinking that it would work. Now I'm kind of... You're waiting for her to relapse. Kind I don't think she... I really don't think she will. She was with a fucking idiot. Like, she was with this dumbass... They stole a lot of money, too, from my mom. Like, $30,000. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, they just... I don't don't know how it all worked, but it was, like... It was a pretty intense thing. That was, like, two years ago, I think. Wow, that's recent. Yeah, it's pretty recent. Well, good on you for successfully yeah but it's i wouldn't recommend it like i yeah. was so i used to have this bed it was, it was so high my dad actually made it for me my dad does uh okay he makes um he does like metal work or whatever okay. and so he made me this like rod iron like crazy bed it's so funny because he had sure. no idea that it was like the best fuck bed ever <laughs> so anytime that i was like shaggy i'm like thanks for the fuck bed but uh wow just for like handcuffs and like whatever else but Anyway, so it was a really high bed so that I could have storage under it for yeah. wherever I was living. That's great. So my sister, used, when she was coming off of heroin and she was sweating and seeing all of these things, I would get so angry at her. And one time she's like, 
I'm going home. And I'm like, good fucking luck. I will drop you off on, like, at a woman shelter. That's the clip. Mom doesn't want you back. Like, whatever. She just kept saying stuff and saying stuff. And I was so angry. And you know how you have those, like, you can fight physically. I would never do it with other people, but I can do it with my sister. Not yeah. any, yeah. like not since I was a kid, but I went and grabbed her leg when she was doing this and pulled her and didn't think about how high the bed was. Oh no. And pulled her off of the bed. Thank God she was like all like weird and, you know, contortionisty, so that she just kind of did like nothing happened. Something could have happened. That would have sucked. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, good story. <laughs> I um, agree. Yeah. My life has been pretty intense. You know, though, it's good to talk about it sometimes and yeah. just, like... Yeah. See, but that's the thing. Like, I wouldn't talk about these things with, like, regular people. Like, but most people that know me for, like, a long time sure. don't know these things about me, you know? Like, people I've known for, like, you know, 10 years or whatever. They're, like... I'm glad I'm not regular people. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, you're special. You're lucky. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Well, I mean, hey, at least you're only sharing it with, like, the 10 people that listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you're on, like, uh, Joe Rogan or something. Where, like, oh, my God, I love Joe Rogan. I've been listening you? to this uh, guy, uh, Tim Dillon. He's a comedian. He was on Joe Rogan not too long ago. Okay. I listen to his podcast all the time. He's so offensive. He's, like, a, he's a gay, um, like, ex-cokehead, um, like, this kind of, like, pretty, like, fat dude from Long Island. He's so offensive. Like, I love his comedy. It's just, like, it makes me offended sometimes, which is, like, impossible. <laughs> but I listen to it all the time. It's like he's my friend. I always forget that me and him aren't friends because I listen to him in the car. I listen to him when I'm going for runs. Right. Like, I'm always listening. And I'm like, I think about it like he's my... And then I'm like, oh, no, this person actually doesn't know me at all. And I just listen to him all the time. Like, right. obsessively in a weird way. I didn't know he was gay at first. And so I was like thinking, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I could shag him because he's funny. Like, he's kind of fat. But like, I don't... I can, you know, I could, I could deal with that. And he smokes cigarettes too. Like, chain smokes cigarettes, which I don't like... You know, I'm not into. But, uh, yeah, and then and then I found out he was gay, and it was like my world shattered, even though I don't know this person by any means. Right. Yeah. And also, like, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with bad people. Like, no, there's nothing wrong with them. <laughs> but, like, you know, I feel like it would be hard. Like, sometimes I haven't, like, had sex with, like, a really Large fat person, person. But, like, sure. I don't, I feel like it would be hard. Like, I feel like there w it would be hard to get the... I mean, it, it depends on what you're talking about, right? Because sex can look so many different ways for different yeah, people. Yeah, like, I feel like you'd have to be in the doggy style position, you know? I mean, honestly, I I have never I have never had sex with a masculine presenting partner yeah. who was large, but I have with femme presenting folks. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had any issue with it. No, I feel like that would be easier. Possibly. Yeah. Honestly, I don't have the experience to know, but yeah. if I ever have sex with a fat gay dude, I will, or, yeah. or non, non straight dude, I will, yeah, I will let you know how the mechanics work. But I mean, there's always toys. There's always like yeah. cock extenders, if that's a concern. What's but a I, cock extender? A cock extender is like something you put on your cock that makes it a little bit longer, but like. Is it, how does it go on? Is it like uh, a it's, suction? It's sort of like a, if you think about like a condom, it's like a condom with like a piece on the end of the condom, basically. Wow. Cock extender. It's sort of like that. Yeah. It just fits on any cock. Yeah, or you could do, um... I should carry one of those with me. <laughs> Hang on a second, I just carry this in my purse. Let me just put this on. That's funny. Yeah, I'm, uh... That's so interesting. I, I very rarely think about cock length as a thing that's that significant. Um, I think about it sometimes when it's, like, small, when it's a small. When it's a problem, sure. Like, how many people have you slept with? Uh, less than 30. Oh, that's pretty good, though. Yeah. Is I that, was thinking that it was going to be, like, between, like, 10 and 20. I mean, it probably is, like, in the, like, 
18 to 25 range. That's why yeah. I was like, you know, in like the that age of majority kind of like. Do you know everybody's name? Um, for a while, I was one of those people that literally wrote them down because I was so worried I'd be one of the people that forgot about them. Yeah. Now looking back, it's kind of neat to have a list of my like first 14 or 15 because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I remember that person. And like, yeah, we had a really good thing for a while. Yeah. Do you use the first, do you know the first and last name of a lot of them? I would say most of them. Yeah. Wow. See, I don't even know the first name of a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, teach their own, right? It's like what circumstances matter in those interactions. Well, I like, like, it's always like green hat or like balding dude or like... Right, you have nicknames for like them. Like 70-year-old person that I probably shouldn't have shagged because he could have had a heart attack and that would have been embarrassing. Be like, I once murdered a dude. Yeah, with my vagina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at the same time, like there are worse ways to go. Yeah, if I could, like, what would you... That would, I, I feel like if I was ever in that situation where I had sex with somebody and they had a heart attack, I would immediately go to like, oh my God, are they going to think that I killed him? Like, I know that you can go and like, <laughs> you know, check or whatever, but I would be really afraid that I was going to go to jail for murder. If you murder someone with your pussy, so long as they're still able to breathe, <laughs> I don't think they're going to send you to jail. What if, okay, so what if you're sitting on, see, like if you're sitting on somebody's face and you accidentally suffocated them, imagine that. <laughs> so I'm going to actually murder? write down on my pad, um, murder with genitals <laughs> very important topics we're talking about here definitely um sorry you were saying would they consider witch murder because i don't think they would consider any of it murder unless you intentionally suffocated someone yeah but how do they do they get a detective to come in and shine a light <laughs> in your eyes you know one of those detectives that have like a bottle of whiskey in the drawer yeah yeah the last case one of those loose cannons yeah um <laughs> like kind of like a nice guy but like also a loose cannon got you got very likable likable character alcoholic though alcoholic of course has to be an alcoholic yeah always an alcoholic yeah lost his wife yeah yeah and and uh this is wow. my like this is my pit like my idea of a perfect detective i always wanted to be a detective oh yeah i'm kind of like one like i can tell like you're kind of like dexter's sister emma i never watched dexter oh okay i hadn't it's it's that would be a good show. Listen to this idea for a show. Okay. A person that's a serial killer with their pussy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and every episode is like this person killing someone in a different way with their pussy. Yeah, totally. And you could use it as like a way to educate people about like anatomy because you'd be yeah. like... and It could be for children. It could be a children's show. Totally. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you could definitely be like, she yeah. broke several of his fingers using her posterior fornix. Yeah. Have you seen that girl that can, uh, she does the weightlifting. She has the, she walks around Venice beach with the jade egg and the surfboard hanging out of her pussy. Oh, I, I have she not. She does like vagina weightlifting classes like, or whatever, but she's like, sure. her videos have gone viral. I tried to, I thought that I had a vagina that was very strong. And then I put one of those jade eggs inside of my vagina and tried to lift something up and it just fell out. And then it made me feel very loose. <laughs> But, I, you know, most people can't do, but they have classes now. They're, they have classes where you go in and everybody has a jade egg in their vagina and they weight lift with their pussy. I mean, you could just, like, practice holding Kegel balls or jade eggs or whatever inside of your body during the day first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once you develop, like, some muscle tone, yeah. then you can start working on, like, how strong is that muscle tone? Yeah. It's useful, though, because if you're doing things like fisting um, and you want your pussy to be able to open, having really strong muscles is part of that equation. Oh, really? You would think that muscles would tighten, but it doesn't, in my experience, like in my understanding, work like that. Mm -hmm. um, the women that I've known that have been able to fist, like, 
the easiest. The person that I double fisted, for example, mm-hmm. has a ludicrously strong pussy. So why, like, what is the point of double fisting? Like, what do you? What, what, what is it, the point? What does someone get out of this double fisting thing? A feeling of fullness. Oh, okay, so you're just like really full. I mean, do you think you'd feel empty with two fists inside <laughs> of your body? Like, you prob- may not be full, full. I imagine, like, in grade five, I didn't think I would be sitting here talking to you about double fisting. For clarity, the reason that grade five just got brought up around a double fisting conversation is because Kristen and I knew each other in grade five. In grade three, I think. I think, no, I came to the school in you grade five. You came to the school in grade five? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember... That's right. Grade five, grade six. We were in um, Port Guichon together, yeah. which would have been Mrs. Asher's class and Mrs. Danderan. Yeah, and then Mr. Laundry. I didn't have Mr. Laundry because I wasn't in grade seven there. Oh. I um I had to move um, because someone in the class reported a gun threat, even though I had no access to firearms. In fairness, we were having what? a conversation about Columbine, so like... It wasn't entirely oh, this. Me anxiety. <laughs> it wasn't entirely this person's um, fault, but like, it just so happened. This is the same person that like once said to me, like, "Go back to if you don't like the computers here, go back to India and use your fucking crank computers." And I was like, "Wow." Oh yeah, there's a lot of racism at that school. Oh my god. But having said that, like, I think this person like legitimately, like, I don't think he was trying specifically to be like a dick like i think he just was legitimately concerned and i think in our conversation about columbine i gave him reason to be like i can own that oh my god yeah i was i was pretty dark about like like i totally supported um the shooters in that in that question i was like yeah people just pushed them until like anyways suffice it to say this person was like genuinely scared that there may be some risk of me yeah and the principal had been looking to get rid of me for a long time like she was the principal. I can't even remember, but she absolutely didn't like me. Yeah. I mean, you have to think of just how drastically racist people were to me in grade three. Dude, you, there's no, there was no brown people in Ladner. There was probably yeah. like you and two other people. Right. Anyways, it was like, it was bad. Like it was to the point where I had like extended family visiting and like I was getting called shit smear in Memorial Park outside of school. Oh my god, dude, that is so intense. That's like, and that really like, oh, yeah. Fuck, and it's just, it's in, it's in like not formative years exactly, but important developmental years. So it's like you kind of just face that kind of hostility about like things that you can't change, about just like who you are, and like it impacts you, right? Of course. Yeah. See, I don't have that, and I feel like I, <laughs> I don't have any of that. And I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm like, poor me. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're like, poor me. I, I don't yeah. have all this racism to relate to Victor right now. I do, well, no, I'm but I always like, I, I have like, I don't show people, but I have pity parties all the time. And it's sure. like, I have like, there are people that are having some shitty. You're times. talking about like the feeling sorry for yourself about different things than I feel sorry for myself. Yeah, about. but I don't really have anything to feel sorry about, right? Like you like had a, like things that were not. That's not good, and it's like you have no control over that, and that's what yeah. sucks, right? When you don't have control over something, and you're being. I guess punish for it, or I don't know. It's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, but kids I mean, are, it's, kids are terrible too. They are. They are. And I, 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 I'm afraid of kids to this day. Like I'm just like, oh, they're just especially like between the ages of like twelve and fifteen. They're. T- I want to punch them in the face. Fuck. So I just went paintballing for my friend's birthday. Oh yeah. And there were. I was like, so long as we don't run into angry twelve to fifteen year old boys, yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. And of course, there were just three of them. Yeah. And they were like the elite paintball type of person. Yeah, they're like snipers. But, like, 
also run into combat Rambo style, shooting everyone and oh just like God. not be afraid of pain whatsoever. Yeah, which is fine because paintball isn't that bad. Um, but I get bru. I've I don't like paintball. I did it once. Do you see the bruise on my neck right now? I was ever paintballing. That's from. I definitely got shot through padding. It went over the padding oh under my, my helmet and yeah. exploded directly on my skin. Oh my god, that's so funny. It's like. Yeah, and the other shot I got was, um, I mean, I got shot a few times, it was fine, but the only two really painful ones were in the neck, because yeah. that was, like, a straight-up kill shot. Yeah. And um, the other one was, someone had already shot me, and I was, like, hit, and I put my gun up and turned around, and then someone shot me in the soft tissue, like, under my tricep. Oh, no. In the back. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I'm was already dead. Kids? I honestly don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that the rules apply to them either. If you were, like, hit, they're like, whatever, fair game. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they, um, don't, they don't, like, have the same... A couple of them were actually pretty nice, but oh, one of they? them definitely made some gay jokes, and I, like, chewed him out for it later in front of his friends. Good. Because I was, like... Yeah, I was like, don't fucking make fun of gay people. And I, like, showed him my nails and was like, like, like just don't fucking do that. That's not okay. But, you know, just, like, with the awareness now, because there was no, you know, awareness prior to whatever, the way that yeah. it is now, and people are actually shaming bullies, which wasn't a thing yeah. before, you know? And even with all of this, it's like there's still these fucking terrible, evil, little bratty fucking kids, you know? But, I mean, it comes from somewhere. Like, I often remind myself no one is introduced to violence, whether it's, like, yeah. emotional violence or whatever. Yeah. They're not introduced as a perpetrator. Yeah. And I think that gives me compassion for people like Devin. <laughs> well, no, and it's like, I have the same, my dad is like, my dad is a very verbally abusive person. Yeah. My dad's fucked. He's like an alcoholic. Mm. He's terrible. He's terrible to women. He's just, he's, I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, it's fine. It's not fine, but it's like, I've, you know, it's like, I'm, that's not a thing that kind of penetrates my bubble at all. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's one of the few things that doesn't penetrate your <laughs> bubble. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, he, my grand, like, obviously it came from like, you know, up the, whatever, the, the family tree, but my granddad like used to beat my my grandma in front of my mm -hmm. in front of my dad and in front of mm -hmm. the kids or whatever. And it's like so he was exposed to this, so I have compassion for him in in that way. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like okay, dude, you're like fifty plus. Like you obviously there's an issue here. Like get your shit together. Like do you think I want to sit in a fucking room in the dark? you know, throwing up into a bucket high as fuck for, like, you know, eight hours? No, but I'm trying to do work on myself, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I do all these things, like, because I'm constantly trying to work on myself and figure things out, you know? Sometimes I'll, like, go and I'll take a hiatus or whatever because it's too overwhelming, but I always go back, you know, and I always go back strong, you know? Yeah. But, uh, like, it just bothers me because my parents don't fucking work on themselves. And I'm yeah. like, you know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not by any means a role model, but, like, you know, I'm doing something that's seeming to work because I get get to live, like, a pretty, you know, ridiculous life. And yeah. I'm, you know, fairly happy. I feel like your parents would be the first ones to make the criticism, yes, and you don't have a kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I agree. Like, I have the same feeling about my parents. Is I'm like, they just, neither one of them works on themselves. Yeah. It's not a thing. That's not a thing from that generation. Like, I could guess not. No. Because anyone's parent, like, I don't see a lot of people working on themselves. Like, a little bit younger than my parents. Like, my mom's, like, younger siblings... They work on themselves, you know? It's just, like, whatever that age is. Yeah, Mom, why can't you be like your siblings? Yeah, I'd be like, no, fuck. She would... Oh, I hope she never hears this. She, <laughs> she would, would lose it? She just, like... My mom loves to shit talk. 
everybody kind of like your mom like my, yep. my, my it's like my mom has had friends but she shit talks every single friend they just get together and have cocktails and smoke joints and shit talk right she works at the post office she's always worked like somewhere that's Social? like a shit talking atmosphere <laughs> she used to work on the ferries and she i think that she just worked oh my at the God, ferries my to come mom, home and bitch every day my mom it. used to work on the ferries did she Yep. I bet your mom and my mom would get along. They might, or they might equally not get along. Yeah. They would get along to each other's faces, and then yeah, they would come back yeah. and be like, wow, she is such a cunt. Yeah, You know, like, mom, it would be like... I don't think my mom gets along with anybody, like, you know. Yeah. She, my mom just shit talks every per Like, right. you know, she doesn't have, like, one ride or die. It's just like, nope, everybody is on the... Right. ...on the table. Yeah. For shit talking. I don't understand how people live like that. No, I try, like, I'll, like... I do some shit talking for sure, but I, you know, I really try not to. Right. Because I feel like if you're putting that out there, it's just going to come back to you. Totally. Yeah. And like people are going to hear you saying shit about other people and go, oh, is that how she talks about me? <laughs> that's know. what, that's what I did as a son. I was yeah. like, is this my mom talk about me? Like this? Like, <laughs> I wasn't smart enough at that point to think of that. Like you should see my idiot kid. Boy, does yeah. he screw everything up. Yeah. Like I just had this image of her talking about me yeah. like that all the time because that's how she would talk about her friends. I've had my mom. So I've gotten into an argument with my mom before. And then she's gone to text her friend about me. And she texted me. Not once. She's done this twice. This is what a clumsy idiot my mom is. That's gold. She tried to text about what an idiot you were and texted it to you. Oh, that's bad. I know. She's done it twice. And it's just like, I just... It's, like, heartbreaking because it's, like, my mom is shit-talking me. Like You should, honestly, you should send the same type of message back. If she's like, wow, I just finished this awful argument with my daughter. Yeah. She is such a dumbass. I would have been like, oh, my God, you too? I just had the worst conversation with my mom. <laughs> she is such a cunt sometimes. See, I wasn't that good. I did that, though, before the other day with my ex. Like, me and my ex still have it, issues communicating. But it would have been so good. Just imagine the look on your mom's face reading oh, that my- text. And it, she'd probably laugh and then probably come talk to you about it and be like, oh, sorry. No? She's like one of those people that will not... Oh, I might be giving her too much the benefit of the yeah, doubt. Yeah, yeah. You know how you like, you're talking about lowering the bar? <laughs> Imagine like that bar like so... You gotta fucking start digging, you right. know? Right. It's you not just... even trip overable. You've buried it to yeah. stop people you from... You have to get Alberta to come in and drill for it. Oh. <laughs> it's just like so... No, it's it's not that bad. My mom is like a great... like w- Me and her are like buds. We hang out. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. If I'm like feeling really kind of like depressed... Because I have a hangover usually. I'll go drive out to Chilliwack and I'll go and like eat. My mom makes like pot brownies. And Mm -hmm. I don't normally eat like marijuana. But I will go out there and I'll eat, you know, pot cookies and get really, really high and watch like, you know, 80s horror movies with my mom. And I find comfort in that. Like I really enjoy it. And she celebrates all the holidays. Like she even still celebrates Valentine's Day and sends like care packages to whatever fucking trailer I'm living in at that point. Oh, that's actually really sweet. She does those things, but she's sucks like she sucks on everything else it's like a lot of emotional energy like whenever you're around her it's almost like being around an emotional vampire like all of your goodness and happiness kind of seems to get sucked into that well she's like and she's not like she's not like very like huggy like we don't have an affectionate family you know and i don't i don't want hugs yeah maybe that's why i don't want hugs you know I'm not a hugger. Like, I will hug, like, my friends. Like, I'll hug my friends more than I'll, like, hug my family. Because I yeah. feel like it's, like, an awkward thing. And when you hug, it's just, like, you know, it's very, like, jagged. Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Found family is a big thing. Yeah. It's, like, you find those people that will love and support you that you can rely on and count on. And, like, yeah. at first, when you come from a family that's not like that, it's hard to believe people even exist that are like that. I know, right? And then once you start meeting them, you're like, oh, I just need to find more people like this. Like, these are my people. Yeah, these are my people. Yeah, that's what I feel like at Wreck Beach. Like, 
those are my people. Mm. Like, when I was younger, you know, my, like, family, like, my mom's side of my family is, like, really good. Like, my dad's side is fucked. But my mom's side is very positive. Like, everybody's, like, an artist or a musician or something like that. Like, my mom is a lot different than all of the other people in the family, you know, like a lot of the kids are like homeschooled and, you know, everybody's like really into like good music. Like, you know, they listen to the Beatles and we have played sure. charades and we eat really healthy and like we have a lot of fun, um, you know, and then my mom has like sort of like moved out to Chilliwack and sort of like, um, what do you call it, like hermited herself, but also like put like really alienated herself from this whole like the evolution of what what has kind of gone on with my family. And it's really kind of like, you know, it's definitely hurt her and it's hurt her relationships with everyone, but she is so different than everybody else, you know? And I'm right. so lucky to have that part of my family because I think if it was just the other two, like my mom and my dad, I think I would be doing a lot more ayahuasca. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I want to I wanna touch back on something you said earlier about pity parties. Yeah. I think... There's this thing where, like, my my mom was, and, and sister and father, pretty much my whole family was really clear on, like, don't feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. And I think they said that so much, I got to the point where I couldn't feel compassion for myself. Yeah. And I think there are these three elements of self-love. Yeah. And, and one of them is having a common sense of humanity, believing, like, I am a person and that all people deserve good things, including me. Yeah. And it's really easy to take efforts to like love yourself mm -hmm. and treat yourself with kindness as like oh i'm just feeling sorry for myself mm -hmm. but it's like okay to grieve like if you feel like you're angry or sad that you like lost something in your childhood because your fucking parents can get their shit together yeah. like that's that's <laughs> story of my life but that's a legitimate thing to grieve yeah and that's legitimate to be angry about and yeah. it's legitimate to feel hurt about that it's not the same as feeling sorry for yourself it's just like actually feeling the pain yeah and, like, I don't know, I think pain is an opportunity for growth. Oh, for sure. It is. Um, yeah, if you want to, like, go that route. <laughs> if you want to go that route. Yeah, I mean, I do BDSM. Of course I want to go that yeah. route. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, like, it's, you know, it's a, it can awaken you, you know? Yeah. I really, like, I, like, I, I've always thought that I was, like, you know, doing a lot of, like, self-growth forever until I started kind of on this path that I've been on the last like six seven months and I'm like whoa I was not I was just in a completely different realm yeah totally yeah um I also wanted to bring up the idea that like suffering isn't a competition this is like choking me I mean if you want to take it off take it off it doesn't no, matter no 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 <laughs> I'm like I was like thinking I'm like oh this is kind of like turning me on just kidding <laughs> no I was just thinking like it was just I got had a flashback because I'm pretty sure I got choked last night Oh, okay. Anyways, go ahead. Cool. Yeah. Um, right, because probably because we were talking about pain and BDSM. Yeah, that make, yeah, yeah, That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Just tying it together so that yeah. folks listening to this aren't like, that's an odd thing to say. It's like, no, no, this makes sense. It follows. Um, <laughs> but the notion that suffering isn't a competition, that it's like, oh, yeah. just because I like had to deal with racism or whatever, like, yeah. or, or bullying in certain forms doesn't invalidate like your experience. And like, it's it, for me, it's not in the least bit of competition. Like, no. when I listen to my mother's story on the podcast it really changed the way I related to her, which was yeah. good. It was a really healing moment for me because I got to see like how much unhealed trauma there is in that life. Yeah. And how avoidance was like what helped keep her alive. Yeah. So it's like when I look at that now, I see trauma as intergenerational. Yeah. And I can see past my parents. So instead of looking at it as like, 
my mom really couldn't just get her shit together and she always said like cop out things like oh no one you know there weren't when you when you were born there weren't manuals as to how to raise you as a kid and i'm like yes there were you i know to, i love that you had to go to a place called the library <laughs> i know that's my favorite line it's a long walk to get there but yeah. like you, you can drive too, right? Yes. It's quicker. We have the technology. Yeah, but you guys lived pretty close to the library. Like, literally could have walked. Yeah, it would have been like a 10-minute walk. Literally. In fact, they made me walk to DSS. Like, I literally had to walk to high school, yeah. and the library was probably closer. Yeah. It anyway. was. <laughs> It was. It was. It was. Um, and we went to the library all the time. They just never decided to look into a book on parenting. Yeah. And, like, to the best that I can tell, I don't know if they really ask people for advice on parenting. No. They say... I like the things that people say. They're like, I did this, I did that. And I'm like... I am going to go fact check that because I fucking guarantee that's not true. So my mom was talking to me about... And so this makes me the biggest asshole. She's talking to me about being homeless and starving. <laughs> right? Being homeless and starving. You can see where the story's going. <laughs> and she literally says she walked for 10 days. <laughs> and I'm like, that round number has just, like, exploded my bullshit alarm. Like, I'm... I, I grew up with this human. And I'm finally... <laughs> and I know you. <laughs> I'm finally attuned. Maybe it was eight days. Yeah. Maybe it was still, like, a horrific experience in your life. Yeah. But this 10-day business... <laughs> Like, I, I would have believed you more if you'd said a fortnight. <laughs> and then you gotta call up the alcoholic detective. Right, the alcoholic yeah. detective. Yeah. So, the alcoholic the detective suit. that I called was Google. Yeah. And I Google maps how far these two locations were apart. Yeah. Do you want to know how far apart they were? 9.8 kilometers. <laughs> Google estimates that a healthy, non-starving, homeless, non-homeless person that is in good, like, emotional and physical shape yeah. could do the walk in about two and a half hours. Oh, yeah, I can run that in, like, an hour. Just, <laughs> like, ten days. Yeah. Um, but what I think she meant to communicate, because this is, this is me trying to be less of an asshole. Yeah, yeah. I think what she was saying was, for ten days, she did this walk to various communities in the region. This is what you can't, that's really reaching. Uh, I feel like that's a reach. I'm really trying to give her not just the benefit of the doubt yeah. but like all of the doubt i can mm, yeah, because yeah. like that's nice of you well she's obviously talking about when she literally wasn't probably able to form memories super well anyways yeah she probably just remembers all the most emotional aspects which would be highly traumatic yeah. this is when she like left her abusive home yeah right because her dad was super physically abusive yeah and her mom was not especially healthy either yeah so she just like eventually left home she's like i can't fucking do it anymore yeah and was starving and homeless looking for work and food where uh in south india um near the oh, ashram did. how did she end up coming here um she ran into my dad at the ashram oh nice perfect he, he was a canadian white boy your dad's white yeah oh i didn't know that <laughs> my mom's so my mom's dravidian so she's indigenous to south india she's yeah. not part of like the the bulk of the indian populace yeah yeah because yeah. like if you your think your dad's of, white yep that's so funny that I never knew that. Yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. Did your dad live in that house? Yes, you... he did. Your dad? No, I never have seen your dad ever. So my brother got busted. How white is he? Like, very white. Like, like let sunburned me, white? Let me see if I have a picture of him. I want to see what your dad looks like. Um, I will have to show you later because I don't have a picture in the room. No. Um, you keep the photos of your dad But outside. if you look right behind you on that picture, yeah. uh, if you look at the second to bottom on the left-hand side, you see how dark my mom is, right? Yeah. She's, like, really dark in that picture. Yeah. Her dad is darker than her. Wow. Yeah. Dravidian folks get, like, as dark or, like, is as... Is that where Goa is? 
Uh, Goa is also in the south. Yeah. It's, I think Goa is a Dutch colony. It's on the west side of India. Yeah. I want to take a wild guess and say it's in, it's in Kerala, but I don't actually know. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's from Tamil Nadu, which mm-hmm. is in the southeast side. Okay. And it's like the southernmost point of India on the east side. Yeah. Um, and they speak Tamil there and they are typically really poor, typically yeah. less educated and typically yeah. highly religious. Yeah. Yeah. And my father wasn't really an exception to any of that. I mean, my grandfather, sorry, um, wasn't an exception to any of that. So what was your dad doing there? Um, honestly, he kind of was like, fuck this Roman Catholicism nonsense over here. Mm-hmm. His dad owned Salmon's Moving and Storage in Vancouver mm-hmm. and was like, hey, kids, who wants to take over the family business? And his eldest was like, no, I'm becoming a missionary. Like, I'm just going to become a priest and, mm-hmm. like, do the whole Christian thing. He's yeah. like, okay. Passes on to middle son. And my dad was like, oh, hell, nuts to this. I'm yeah. going traveling. Hell went, no. went to Africa, traveled for a bit, did a lot of sort of the type of stuff that you're into. He just didn't want to stay in one place, had some of that like wanderlust. Yeah, wanderlust. Wanderlust. And he like, um, yeah, just wandered and lusted all over the place. So all through Africa. He lusted too. I think he lusted. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, he's always struck me as a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit, a bit anxious. Okay. And I think that comes across as what most people think of as nerdy. Yeah. So he was a bit anxious. So like, I don't know how much he lusted, but he probably lusted a fair amount. Oh, good. good he definitely, out. he definitely occasionally lets slip stories, and you're like, where did that come from? Um, but also, my dad is all about the fish story. All about the fish story. Yeah, he's all about the story where, like, the fish is this big, and then the next time he tells it, the fish is bigger, and the next time he tells oh, it, the okay. fish is bigger. Yeah, like um, your mom's walking party. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it a party. It's kind of like a harrowing ordeal. <laughs> yeah, but, like, a harrowing ordeal that was exactly 10 days. Not 9, yeah, not yeah. 11. Um, it's a nice round number, though, you know? It's Honestly, it's a convenient one for story, but we were trying to talk about, like, meaningful moments, and it was a meaningful moment. Yeah. Like, in fairness to her, it doesn't really matter whether it was 10 days or not. That wasn't a significant part of the story. Yeah. And my need for security to latch onto that and be like, my bullshit detector is screaming at me right now, mom, yeah. I need to say something. Yeah. That need had nothing to do with her. Yeah. Like, it had to do with my own needs for security surrounding um, how upsetting it was to have, like, almost a flashback of when she used to gaslight me. Yeah. And I think that's why I went to that space of, like, I'm going to Google Maps this because I think you're full of bullshit. And, yeah. And I was right. The way she was telling it wasn't factually accurate, likely. Yeah. It would be hard to walk a three-hour walk in ten days. You'd have, <laughs> you'd have to try. you really have to. You'd have to put a lot of effort into that. If you could do that, though, good for you. <laughs> like, but I think in, in practice, she I was probably just... I think an aunt could probably make it that distance in that time. Possibly. Because, yeah, it would be, what, 240 hours over the space of what Google says is three, so you'd have to be walking 180th the speed that yeah. Google expects you to be walking. Did she, like, say if she was sleeping or not? Or did she take naps? <laughs> was she on meth? Like, how did she do no, 10 no, days no. straight? I, mean, I think, well, see, and this is the point, though, right? Like, I can, I can make fun of it, but, yeah. like, ultimately, it doesn't change the fact that she's almost certainly telling the truth about how horrifically abusive her but home was. But it's kind of and, fun like, to make fun of it. It honestly, I love to grab deta- like one detail and just fucking just beat that dead horse until it's like you know flattened. I just that like, is I, like the mark of like recovering from gaslighting <laughs> is when you like can't let go of a detail. Yeah, because you finally have found the thread that's a miss in a person's yeah. lie. Yeah, it might even just be that you've been in a relationship where someone lied to you all the time. Oh my god, I hate it. Like yeah, no, Kyle, Kyle used to lie so much. 
But it would like I'm like I find the humor in it. It's like kind of fun to like go and be like really, and then just like it's for my own con- like because he doesn't find it funny, right? There's no audience. It's just me. It's just your own satisfaction. Jo- yeah, I love it. Like I love I do so much comedy on my own where I just. You know, I fuck with people, but no one's around right. to see it. But right. it's fun for me. Right. And you're like, oh my God, I'm so hilarious. Because I spend someone so much time it. alone, right? So it's like, I am my own audience. Whereas like with other people, they wouldn't do that. Right. But you right. know, it's like my, you know, you, I, I'm never off the clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So we talked about it not being a competition. Yeah. Um, in terms of pain and suffering. It's a princess in the pea thing. It's like, if you've just had like less ridiculous experiences or those experiences just landed differently, then yeah. like they can be just as painful and like... That pain response isn't less because the intensity isn't as much. It's like, as things have gotten more intensely painful for me, I feel like I've simply adjusted to the level of pain. Mm -hmm. Even talking about IBS and chronic pain, um, because I have both of those things, um, I never used to think of myself as a person with chronic pain. And I was like, yeah, I've had a headache most days this month. And it's either (laughs) been like a low level headache or a high level headache. Yeah. But more than, I would say 50% or more of the days this month I've had a headache and I've never thought of it as chronic pain. Yeah. And it just occurred to me like... Um, it just occurred to me recently that, uh, yeah, I probably do. Um, but yeah, you just, you kind of like adjust and that just becomes your normal. Yeah. And see, but I can't like, I don't, I don't deal with pain very well. If I break my foot or something, I've broken a lot of things because I'm very active, but like, that's like, that doesn't bother me. Like I can break something and not even really notice that it's happening. But if it's like, if it's something that's like a little bit of pain for a long period of time, like I can't, I can't do it. I just can't. Yeah, I it's like shut it's like down. maddening. Yeah, yeah, I would go fucking crazy. I would be in one of those rooms. For what it's worth, I'm actually, despite the fact that planes are going by and there's probably ambient noise in the podcast, I'm so happy that window is open because it was ludicrously warm in here. You know, I spend so much time in hot places that I don't really notice. Like I go in the infrared sauna, like at my house, like right. sometimes, like. For like two, three hours. Like I feel like that's probably not as directed. Yeah, no, it's not. But it's like I, I'm like I don't know. I kind of like meditate in there, and it sort of helps. But I go in and out, right? I have a hot tub too, and I go from the hot tub to the I call it the trifecta. I do hot tub, infrared sauna, and then bath. Because like all I really do is I live on a farm. Like I don't really have much to do, and a lot of the time, because my uh, ex was just away at a retreat for like a couple months, so I was there alone in the in the woods you know, after I've had this experience. So my mind is a lot different and I just, just like to like calm my mind. I had to do all of these things all the time. It's kind of nice to be in the city because you get distracted. You don't have to think so much. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But I started like, I would ride my bike all day. Like I would do fucking anything. I would look at my cat and my cat was like a person all of a sudden. It was so bizarre. That is bizarre. Just because you weren't seeing people. No, 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 no. Just because I, I, now it's like, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm one with the creatures. <laughs> Got you because you've had the ayahuasca experience <laughs> yeah. and you've seen all of living things on the planet guess, as like yeah. fragments of one thing. Yeah, I think so. You know, actually we didn't get like into, into that. Like I don't, I guess animals and like trees and everything would be the same. I'm not sure. I, I don't want to do more and figure it out though. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I think you might still have some processing to do from last time. <laughs> and by some, I mean a lot. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that, yeah, I think it's like a lifetime, like you just are always like working on it, I guess. Yeah. Some totally. people are addicted to that. I'm like, lots of people are like, like some of the people that were there, they're like, yeah, I've done 30 ceremonies. And I'm like, oh, I can't imagine that. That's too much. Yeah, that's a lot. There was one, this one girl, she was like, she said to me, she's like, 
uh, she's like, just think about it. Like, if you're ever in like a very dark place, just think it's only six hours out of your life, and it's to better yourself in the future. And I remember when I was like really getting into it and like on a completely different planet. I was like, okay, it's only six hours. I'm like, it's six hours on planet Earth. Like, what fucking planet am I on? <laughs> what is six hours in this place? I was talking. I was like, I kept saying fuck. Like, I don't know if I was saying it out loud or if I was saying it in my head, but I kept saying fuck, fuck. And I was like, what is fuck? And I'm like, what fucking language is that? And I was like, English was like my seventh language. Like, it wow. was so crazy. I don't know what languages I was speaking, but they were not English. It's so interesting when you think about the structures in the brain that get affected by different, like, psychedelics. Yeah. And, like, the ways that, like, our filters and our, our ways of structuring um, information in our brain, like, start yeah. to not malfunction exactly, but not function. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I find it really fascinating to look at, like, what structures in the brain are being affected and, like, yeah. how can I tie that into my experience of being on a different planet? Or, like, why would language have broken down and, like, what yeah. parts of the brain are responsible for language? And, yeah. like, yeah, because, like, obviously if you dose um, psychedelics not very well, you can do brain damage. But so long as you dose them well, you can have these, like, experiences that really alter how you perceive things. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really interesting and neat. It's funny because you're like saying this to me right now and I'm like, wow, it's so, like, it's just so, just to like be talking about this, it's really like an interesting thing. Life is so, life is yeah. so interesting. The hum but, I like how you call it the human experience. Yeah. It, it is. It's like this weird, it's almost like a video game. Like it's quite strange. Yeah. Elon Musk would have you believe that and he would yeah. definitely be like, it's all a simulation. Yeah. I'm like, it doesn't matter whether it's a simulation or not. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Right. And the whole notion of like, we are living in a simulation is like, we are part of the simulation. I'm like, cool. So then what you're saying is to me, it's indiscernible whether this is a simulation or not. So why do I fucking care? Yeah. Like, it's not going to affect my life. So I, unless the simulation gets turned off, if it's a simulation, in which case I'm not going to care about it. So it's like, there's no sense expending any energy thinking about the world as a simulation. That's cause... so, but it's so trippy to think about, you know? I guess so. But I mean, it, it's a very like abstract exercise to think about all of reality as being like underpinned by simulated whatever. Yeah. And there's the question of like when a simulation is this realistic, what makes it distinguished from reality? And why wouldn't you still just call it an altered form of reality? Yeah. So like from my perspective, I'm like a simulation is reality if it, if it approximates reality. Yeah. Like why, how else should we be using the word reality if not to mean a simulation that approximates reality? So I'm like, it just seems like such a non-issue to me as a science fiction nerd. Yeah. So I've actually listened to that podcast that he recorded with Joe Rogan. I'm like halfway through and I just got bored. I was like, they're not introducing. I haven't introducing... listened to it. They just don't introduce. I don't, I don't love him. Yeah. I love Joe Rogan, not Elon Musk. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Right. I had one more point I wanted to get to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, get to which it. Was, was it the crossed out one? Is that no, no, when you no. wrote this bitch is crazy? <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> no, I crossed out. Um, I crossed out not a competition, and I crossed out pity party. Yeah. And the other one I have is try again because you were talking about like expecting relationships to go poorly or expecting intimacy or vulnerability to go poorly. Yeah. And I wanted to mention that like it does all the time, but yeah. the times it doesn't are the times that you do it for. See, you saying that makes my chest close. Like you know, I hear you. I just don't. You know, it's just for me. I've been disappointed so much. Like. This one person, the person from my 20s, yeah. fucking disappointed me so much in so many ways and made me feel like I was insane when they were doing all of this fucking just not good stuff, like fucking my best friend and all this. And then like I was like, you know, basically funding our vacations and he was just in like talking shit about me. Like this per I it's like I understand, like I have compassion. I'm a very, very compassionate person, but 
whatever damage this person did makes me just not want right. any like you know it's like it's just easy it, like I'm happy the way that I am and some people like find love once and they just don't you know that was good enough for their entire life and you know sure. I don't know if I would be one of those people but I just know that it's easier for me to not do that you know right. than, than be just and I'm sure I'm sure it is great because I felt it before right but it's just I don't like the bad feelings yeah that so when you said like I don't know whether you said made me feel crazy. Yeah. Um, but like that's basically the spitting definition of gaslighting. Yeah. Is like when people convince you that reality is different than you think it is, yeah. or they. Oh, he would do that to me all the time. Right. So that is that is gaslighting. Yeah. That's what I mean when I say that. Oh, I thought you meant like with my parents. Um, I just meant like it oh, doesn't. Oh, just in general. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter like where you get it from. Yeah, like yeah. if you're subjected to that, yeah. then it does get really fun to pick out the one thread, and you're like, you're full of shit. Yeah. 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 Well, but it was just you know he really just made me feel like I don't know anyway now it's funny because now we're like friends we live next door to each other you know we do a lot of things together like we you know have you ever like talked about it or like processed oh, through yeah. it okay tons we talk about stuff like that a lot but still to this day like he'll like li listen and sort of like agree but then when we get into like a you know when we have communication issues let's call them an sure. argument yeah um, it's immediately like goes, it goes from zero to ten. It's like we're still in a relationship, and it's like anything that he said that made me think there was some kind of progress is all out the window. It's like, well, you actually did this and blah blah blah. And I'm like, I just like stand back and I'm like, wow, I can't believe that I fucking ate your shit for so long and like smiled, you know? Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, you know. But I was younger, and you know, and I just. I wanted to believe it, obviously, whereas now mm -hmm. it's like, I don't have any connection to this. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Whereas for him, it still does matter. And you can see it, you know, it's like, I can just choose to disconnect and leave at any time. And he still is like, he's always projecting on me. He's like, you're mm -hmm. doing this or you're like this or you're like that. Or he's like, you think I'm a piece of shit. And I'm like, you called me a piece of shit. He'll say, I called him a piece of shit. It's right. Like, that's not my choice um insult so i would but that's, those words would never escape my mouth like right. i don't ever call him names but he always says that i'm calling him names and it's just like dude and it's definitely the way that he feels about himself because he has so much guilt right. for all the shitty things that he's done like and i know that he has it and so he'll go and he'll go to these retreats or whatever and talk to these people that he's paying a lot of money and they'll say oh you're you're such a great person and blah 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 and he'll come back and he'll be like you know what this person told me and i'm like oh the person that you paid 10 grand american to <laughs> yeah that but what did they tell you kyle yikes yeah anyways but so you know it's just like, going to therapy is way cheaper he it's like my grandma they won't do conventional fucking things it's like because right. they don't want to fix the problem they want to do all of these things where they're not going to get the answer that they're afraid to get right you know? and that's why they do it my grandma doesn't want to find out that she has cancer and it's not ibs maybe so she won't go to a doctor but she'll go to you know people that won't be able to tell her that that's the problem right. whereas kyle will not go to somebody that's like dude work on yourself you're a fucking prick you know right oh that was intense <laughs> yeah and it's like tell me how you really feel <laughs> Therapy, this is good. Yeah, you should you should consider it with like a trained therapist. <laughs> I'm just asking questions to get to know you because like I haven't talked to you in like more than ten years. Yeah. What is it, fifteen years? How old are oh my god, we're No, so it was more than that. We're so old. We are old. Oh it would have been god. like eighteen years ago. Jesus Christ. Like people born when we last when we like met in grade five are having sex legally now. 
I had sex with someone that was born in 93. <laughs> Holy shit. And the funny thing is, that isn't even, like, the youngest person that you I could know, be I having could fuck, sex with. I could fuck someone that was born in probably 2000. Oh, that's right. They'd could be I? 19. Yeah, I wouldn't. Oh, my God, imagine. That'd be so bad. Like. Be like having sex with a baby seal. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what like, that would be I mean, like. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I actually wouldn't be like that because they're, you know, cute and fluffy. <laughs> They'd be, like, squidgy and wet. I don't know. Like, I just... I couldn't fuck a 19-year-old. I don't think I could. I would. You know what? Obviously, I would. So, the first time... My demographic is, like, 17 to 80. But <laughs> I like that you have such a, like... You're literally, like, anything in this range. Yeah. Pref keys. Preferably... So long as they have keys. Yeah, that is your one. Have they have to have keys to a car yeah. or an apartment. But, of course, um, older being better. Because then you're, like, this is kind of... Dirty. And you like the dirty element. Plus, so. they have daddy issues, right? Like, I'm sure that comes into play somewhere. Got you. Yeah. Well, Interesting. Can, most girls do have daddy issues. Well, I mean, what are we defining as daddy issues? I don't know. I just know that I have them. I can't really, like... <laughs> I must have them because my dad sucks. I appreciate... So I'm assuming that I do because, you know... I appreciate so hard <laughs> the way that you talk about, like, advanced concepts. You're just like, yeah, I just assume that I have daddy issues because, like, I have an issue with my daddy. Therefore, <laughs> I must have daddy issues. Yeah. Like, it's self-explanatory, Victor. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. I'm making this way more complicated. Well, I mean, I've never even looked up what daddy issues are. I just know that, like, you know, I just know... I just know that I, I just know I have to have, if I don't have them, good for me. Yeah. And you're like, I really like somehow dodged that. Yeah. That would be such a, you know, but what? Have you, have you heard Quagmire's advice for having amazing sex with women? No. It's super misogynistic and terrible. Of I course. Cause That's it's Quagmire. Favorite. This is, I thought you specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I apologize to everyone listening. Um, <laughs> but like you will get a kick out of this. He literally, he's trying to teach, who is he trying to teach? I think he's trying to teach Chris. I can't remember. He's trying to teach someone yeah. how to have, like, the best sex with women ever. And he's like, first, ask a girl what her relationship is like with her father. If she says anything, anything other than terrible, move on. <laughs> that is his first instruction. I feel like I've said that before. <laughs> that just seems like when you said that, it really, like, I felt it in my soul. Like, I really believe that. Right. I want someone with... I don't want someone that has a good relationship with their parents. I like troubled people. <laughs> you know what? I, I empathize. I have conversations with someone that is not troubled. I'm so, like, because it's just weird. It's just, they're scared and it makes me uncomfortable. Yes. I 100% empathize. Yeah. Yeah. I like regular... I don't know what... I can't define regular, but like, people that live normal like I, I just people that do things you know the way that society would like them to do you know like yeah the image that you would see it like um you know in a perfect family on television or something those people i have i've tried to have conversations with them and it's just it just doesn't go anywhere it's just like it's always a dead end you know it's like when you're trying to end a conversation with somebody by not using questions or whatever you know and they just keep talking yeah it's like that it's, it doesn't work. I'm not, I you know what? I'm really... I'm, I just want to... Yeah, you do. I'm really upset that this guy isn't texting me. Well, that that is an odd sign for you. My understanding is you usually don't care. I know. I don't get it, though. It's because I'm so cute. Like, it's like I just don't... I'm like, oh, was I not good? Was I not good at the sex? I'm sure... So was this I not is, funny enough? Is, does he not like my choice of music? I'm sure as a 25-year-old, he's literally like, okay, you're not allowed to contact her within 24 hours, but you must contact her before 48 hours have elapsed. Because I'll forget. I'll forget in 24 hours. Right. But he's probably thinking, if I have to, any, any, if, if my understanding of 25-year-old men is, is correct, yeah. it's inappropriate to communicate within the first 24 hours, yeah. but you must communicate within the first 48 if you that's want to continue. That, that's really smart. 
well, I analyze everything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I never, I never text anybody ever. Like, whereas, I, that's I will, my rule. I will text people right away. Will you? No, Yeah, I won't I'll text that. people, like, a, an hour and 30 minutes later being like, that an was really hot. An hour and 30 hot. minutes? That's a very, like... Just, well, like, an like, hour and 42 minutes number. and just being like, that was really hot sex or I really loved it when you did blank or, like, yeah. I really appreciated this. And yeah. if a person texts me back and is like, you're kind of, like, suffocating me right now, I'd yeah. be like, cool, I won't contact you for 48 hours. Or, like, I won't contact <laughs> you for two days. <laughs> Right? I'll be like, sure, I'll talk to you Friday. Yeah. And then I won't text them again until Friday. But it's like, if people are direct with me, yeah. we get along great. Yeah. It's when people assume I'm going to follow a script yeah, that we yeah, don't yeah. get along well. Because I'm like, it's all bullshit. Yeah. Like, the notion that he's not allowed to contact you right now when you would really like to have contact with him. But if he did, but this is the other thing. If he did contact me, I would have no interest. I would be like, oh, okay, I won. I didn't win. No. Wow. <laughs> No, but I'm like, you know, it's like, I feel like maybe like accomplished or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's sick and twisted, isn't it? Oh my no, God. No, I don't think it's sick and twisted. I think it points to like how much, how good validation feels for you. Just that. Yeah. I don't know. Just knowing that you're good at sex, knowing that you're desirable, knowing that you're wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Two 25 year old, you know, cause like. It was Who like, doesn't want to be wanted? Well, it was so weird. So the other day we're talking about porn and I was like, what kind of porn do you watch? Sure. And he was like, I watch MILF porn. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my oh, God. So called out. I know. It was really uncomfortable. So called out. It's good. He's kind of ditzy. I don't think he even knew that it was like offensive. That's gold. It didn't, I thought it was hilarious, but. Of course. It is hilarious. Yeah. Like that's probably the most inappropriate thing he could have said <laughs> to you. Know, right? Which is what makes it so perfect. And I can totally see how you would have thought that was hilarious and appreciated it. He was like, what did he say to me the other day? He's like, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm, I was always really, I never had issues in school. I, I was always really smart or whatever. And I just like listen to him talk sometimes. And I'm like, I, was that a lie? I really just, <laughs> I don't find you to be incredibly smart. <laughs> so I had to write down the topic that we were talking about because I've written down nothing for most of the session because I've been so engaged in it, which is thank you for that. That's wonderful. Yeah, no and I literally wrote down $5 Baconator boy. <laughs> And like also blowing the Viagra up his ass too, right? Oh yeah, I forgot about blowing Viagra up his ass. It's a very memorable experience. It's probably one of the most memorable experiences for me in a long time. Legit. The other day I was uh, giving this guy a blow. The other day I went over to my friend's house, who's also um, a diver, mm-hmm. and uh, I went and got us some food. And uh, then I went and saw I saw donuts. Like when I was riding the bike back, and I'm like. I'm going to get some donuts and I'm going to stick them on his cock and then I'm going to suck it and then eat it off and then push a donut into his mouth while this is all happening. And okay. honestly, it was the fucking hottest thing. I love incorporating food and sex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They like, I, they need to be together. Like I love Nutella and whipped cream and like, you know, watermelons and I just want to fuck and eat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I want. I like, but I prefer desserts. Like I have a huge, I love cake. Mm-hmm. Anyways. That was so. That was like. I guess all of my experiences are pretty memorable. To be honest, I always do something strange. That's good though. Yeah, I feel like people. You know, I feel like it's things that people probably don't. You know, talk about with other people. Well, you're also talking to someone who's highly kinky. Yeah. Remember, I've literally had a partner who is like in the position being like, "I'm good with this," but just so you know, <laughs> we do some weird shit. I was talking to my ex-boyfriend from high school, and he was like. He's like, yeah, he's like, after we broke up, he's like, it was really strange. I started having sex with other people, and I thought that you were supposed to call girls, like, a dirty whore and choke them and spank them. And he's like, and that's not the case. Like, that's not actually how you have sex, because he lost his virginity to me. And I'm like, I do not remember being like that at that age. And then it's kind of like, whoa, I was fucked up. 
I, I don't think so. I think that's pretty normal. I never hear like any, but you know, when I talk to my girlfriends, they're not like. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. have like out of the last like, gosh, like at, I just said gosh because I was trying gosh, to be as like gosh, golly. gee darn it, yeah, jeepers. Um, out of the last like, like four intimate partners out of all the intimate partners I've had in the last like five to seven years yeah I can't think of one that didn't like choking yeah most of them liked spitting on their faces most of them like face slapping oh yeah I like face slapping and I think I do not want spit in my face and all of them liked anal yeah so it's like those are my normal yeah, like yeah, that yeah. is like oh yeah that's, that's just like, like my my requirement for house keys is like yes yeah yes it's like, like those four things well and not necessarily those four things yeah. but like for me specifically as an anal sex fetishist like anal like yeah that that's gonna be if a person isn't into anal i'm like cool we just won't date like that's <laughs> that's fine that's so just like casually blunt <laughs> Yeah, it's like, it just isn't going to work out. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. Um, but that person may be like, they may still want to do other things that I like. Like, maybe they want to do fisting or something like that. And I'm like, cool, I'm down with that. Yeah, but we can't date. Well, just like, regularly see each other. What position are you, like, is it, is there like, would you ever fist in the missionary position? Probably not, hey? You can fist missionary, totally. Do people do mish, mission fists? <laughs> Mishfist. Mishfist. I like that you specifically did the uppercut motion when you were doing that. I think anytime I've ever talked about fisting in my life, I guarantee you I did this. Right. Well, if you think about it, though, that motion doesn't really work with missionary position unless they're standing. Yeah, it'd be like this. Yeah. It'd be like a jab. Jab as opposed right. to uppercut. Yes. The uppercut is for standing. Kickboxing started with fisting. Did you know that? I'm so lost. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kickboxing started with fisting. You'd think it would have started with foot fetishes. No. Have you ever gas pedaled anyone? I've always wondered about that. Gas pedaled? Yeah, like it's like you use your, you know, like instead of fisting, it would be like with your. I've never put my foot inside of someone's do body. Do people do that though? Probably. Oh, but I feel like you should know. I've kicked people. I've kicked people in the cunt until they came. No. Yeah, multiple times. Like how hard is it? With like different gentle people. Kicks? Yeah, I mean, like you're kicking for the purpose of trying to get the person off. Yeah. But is it gentle kicks? No. <laughs> no, it's hard kicks. It depends. I don't think I could come like that. You have to be really careful not to harm the person. So like you're always mindful of like where the mons pubis is. You tend to do the kicking without a shoe on because you, you have. Tend to. Well, just you tend to because sometimes people want to do it in boots because it's sexier. Oh my but god. If you think about the anatomy of the foot, all the soft tiny bones are right like exposed on the top of your foot yeah. so if i'm belting someone in the pussy with the top of my foot yeah my foot is going to break long before i do damage to their pussy yeah the only thing you're really worried about is a small artery or capillary or possibly a nerve depending yeah um getting caught in their body between their mons pubis and like your and your foot yeah. so you, you want to be mindful of what tissue you're crushing yeah um between your foot bones and their and their pelvic bones or whatever yeah depending on where you're kicking because tailbones obviously you need to be really careful about those can break off yeah but again if it's the top of your foot it's much more likely you'll break something in my opinion you know what's so funny is like i always thought it would make a really good sex ed teacher and listening to you talk it's just like i don't know why i ever thought that it's almost like me thinking i could lift up a surfboard with my pussy and then i actually go and do it and i'm like nope <laughs> I'm sure you could teach a lot think, of stuff. I would be stuff. like a fun, I would be really fun. I would be a fun sex ed That's teacher. That's the thing. I would be the boring sex ed teacher. <laughs> right. Where people, but when people needed to you know. You like tell a joke and know it would just like, like tumbleweed would roll in. <laughs> Definitely. I would tell a joke that everyone clearly knew I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah. And, every, and no one would laugh. That is how the joke would go. <laughs> yeah, but you would be like informative, right? Like this is actual things that you need to know. Whereas I would be like, 
coconut oil in the pussy. And you'd right. be like, nope, because of science. That's like when you said, exactly. Like, yeah. And that's like when you said, um, like, I, I just, I made a joke in that conversation and you didn't laugh at it. So yeah. I just assumed you either didn't get it or that it wasn't funny. No, but it I was probably talking, wasn't funny. But I was talking about kickboxing. Yeah. And went into kicking people in the box. Oh, that was, yeah, no, that Tumbleweed, see, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the tumbleweed, where clearly like, I'm impressed no, with like myself. it's smart comedy, it's like, um, what's that show, and it takes place in, uh, it takes place in Seattle. And Fraser. The, yeah. Fraser. So I, I hate that. It is, it is, it's Fraser, right, or is it Fraser? It is Fraser. It's Fraser. See, people like, It's because know, there's an eye after the People that live in, in trailers like me, we call it Fraser. <laughs> right, well, it's, it's, it's only Fraser because that's how they pronounce it. Yeah. But it's also spelled with an I, I believe. It's like yeah. Fraser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, instead I of think Fraser. that you're right. It's not like Fraser, like Fraser. In, yeah, because it's spelled differently, I think. Like the Fraser River. But no, so that, so I watched that show. Now I, I'm like, is it spelled differently? I need to look it up because I might be It's going to be one of those uh, Mandela so. effect things. Or like the Berenstein Bears? Yeah, or like... That's possible. Sex and the City. I don't even know which one it is. I thought it was Sex and the City. Okay. Um, but no, I watch Frasier, or Fra- Frasier, and uh, I don't get it, because they're so, it's like smart comedy, and I'm like, nope, this is going oh, over my head. Thank God, it is spelled is it F-R-A-S-I-E-R. For a second, I thought I made that up as a way of justifying an unnecessary, an unnecessarily elitist pronunciation, and I was like, oh God, I've become everything I hate. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, the elite, this is how the elitists say it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I typically think of elitism as a bad thing. Oh, me too. Yeah. Um, we're we're getting pretty close to time, and I think we covered, like, pretty much everything I wanted to cover. Sweet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we could theoretically do a third one. Um, but, yeah, we will say goodbye to the people listening, and, uh, yeah, we can come back maybe later. This is so fun. I'm glad you like it. We should know. Oh, fuck, my friend's leaving. She would be so fun to, to she's really, she's like me. You, we could definitely do a threesome. Yeah! Like you and she I haven't and done a threesome with her yet. We tried to do a foursome once, but the guy that I was boning started throwing up. So it was literally the that most is, foursome. That is the most complicated foursome story I've ever heard. <laughs> All right, before we go, you should tell that foursome story if you want. I don't even know. Like, when ha- we had been drinking. The and guy you were boning started throwing up? Well, we were drinking a lot. He was the breakfast server, which I normally wouldn't do. <laughs> And so, and he, this was his first serving job. Like every At least time, he wasn't the host and he wasn't 19. I know. Born in 2000. I know, I know. He was, he was like, he was really good at doing, this is what I liked about him. He was okay. really good at doing Christopher Walken impressions. Like I don't, my bar is like, it's not, it's somewhere. The reasons you choose to have sex yeah. with people, Kristen. But so every time I would get on shift, he would be almost, because the breakfast server is always left by themselves and they have so much more work to do. You have to ask people how they want their eggs, how they want their bread. There's so many things. There should be more people, but there just never is. And then breakfast cooks are always fucked up. They're always up from the night before and they're assholes and they're chain smokers and they really, they're condescending. They think that they're, it's like, dude, you're a breakfast cook. Like, I'm sorry, but you have no right to talk to me like that and so anyways like they're still drunk from the night before yeah they're still they're probably still drinking back there i don't know i don't really i try to communicate as little as possible because they make me very uncomfortable i'm sorry to hear that it's it's fine i've probably had sex with one breakfast cook but chances are numbers say um but numbers say statistically one of them out there yeah they have to be like sometimes i don't ask people their occupation just because i don't want to know i can tell that i'm not gonna like it so i'm just like that's okay we don't need to talk but um, 
Anyway, so every time I would get on to shift, he would be like losing it. And I would have to talk him down every day. And I'd be like, no, Robin, don't quit. It's going to be okay. And so I think I, there was some kind of weird, like motherly, like creepy relationship thing there where I was like, wow, I don't know what was going on. But anyways, I always, I knew I wanted to shag him the first time I heard him do a Christopher Walken impression. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't know when it was going to happen, but I knew somehow I was going to make it happen. So me and my girlfriend, Michelle, and this other guy that none of us wanted to fuck, he just happened to be there and it had to, you know, to do the, to make it even, he was, you know, that's confusing. Yeah. So, so no like, one wanted to have sex with him, but you included him in the sex? Yeah, because like we didn't want to have a threesome, so we wanted to make it a foursome. I don't know why. We were listening to the Grease soundtrack. We were dancing. There was a lot of things going on. It was quite late. Okay. And so then, so then we all like go and we're getting naked and we're all about to have sex. And then Robin goes and he starts, like, he starts throwing up because he's too drunk. So I go and I run and he has, like, a little bit of hair. And so I go and run to the bathroom to, like, hold his hair up. And then I come walking back in and Michelle is, like, this guy is, like, so deep inside of her. And she's kind of, like, on top of him like a, like a seal, like a baby seal almost. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 force him off. And she's like, no. She's like, are you fucking kidding? She's like, no. Like, why am I having sex with this person? Yeah, kind of. And she's still finished. <laughs> Huh. It was, but it was really, it was a really funny time. So now we always joke around. And we're like, oh, remember that failed foursome we had? That attempted a foursome that turned into you sleeping with someone who no one really wanted to sleep with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it's, weird. It's to me. okay because I think that I think that she shagged him after that. You know, it was just like that was like the icebreaker. Got you. Yeah. Wow, that is a complicated sexual experience. That it was very, you know, it was good. All of them are good. I mean, I'm glad that everyone came out of that experience with like. You know, not like with an experience of consensual sex. Yeah, no, it was definitely consensual. We're all consenting adults. We even like now I hand out forms all the time. You know, just you hand to make out sure. forms. Yeah, so the, there's a signature, and I can. Be you like, are bullshitting me. No, but I should. In this, because I'm kind of like a predator, right? Like it could, <laughs> it could come back at me. I really need to get people to sign off on this. Well, yeah. So I don't think of consent like that. I don't think of it as like this litigious thing where like yeah. there's a binary of you got consent or you didn't. Yeah. I think of consent as like an internal experience of agreement for all the people having. Yeah, but you know, in this in this time, yeah. some people want it on paper. Well, Not that, here, more in America. Well, that's fine, but that's a complete failure at understanding what consent is. Like if someone oh, signs 100%. their name saying they consent to a thing, it doesn't mean they don't. They still have to be able to withdraw their consent. Yeah. So, like, getting a signature is moot then, because yeah. you can't use it later, other than to say at one point there was consent, which doesn't really matter. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that that would be logic, right? But there's a different system in play. Yeah, there is. But, I mean, yeah, so the way that I think about it is, like, an internal experience of agreement. And when mm -hmm. you think about that, you're like, well, how do I know if the other person's internally agreeing with me? And you don't. So, you have to accept there's a non-zero percent chance someone will come away from an interaction with you with yeah. an experience of non-consent. Yeah. And part of being a responsible member of community, especially if you're doing a lot of stuff in really sex-positive, active communities, mm -hmm. is just making sure people know that if something goes sideways, they can come talk to you. Or they can send their friend to come talk to you, mm -hmm. you know? And just be like, that thing you did really landed, like, fucking terribly for this person, and they're still, like, yeah. recovering from harm. Yeah. And just, like, looking at what that repair looks like mm -hmm. in, like, a compassionate community. Yeah. Rather than saying, like, oh, but why didn't you say, why didn't you say no? Or, yeah, like, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, all the victim-blaming, stupid, yeah, yeah. shitty things that happen. Yeah. 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 Hmm. It happens. It does. $5 Baconator boy. We'll have to talk more. This was really fun. Yay. All right. So how did you like it, Intimates? Leave your comments on facebook.com slash intimate interactions or directly on patreon.com slash victor salmon. 
Both communities are easy to find from IntimatePodcast.com. So what are you waiting for? Go join the free Intimates community and start connecting with others. I'll see you on there. Disclaimer. I apologize if I said something that hit a nerve or played off a hateful idea or stereotype. I'm open to being called in. Chances are, in six months, I'll look back aghast and see something problematic I've since grown from. I'm certainly not perfect, but I am trying to be mindful of the voices I lift up and the perspectives I encourage. You can email feedback to podcast at victorsalmon.com. Thanks for your kindness. Attribution. The tracks I use are published under the Creative Commons Attribution License. The intro track was Lost Souls by Portrayal, and the outro track was Restoration by Uncle Milk. Land Acknowledgement. I apologize first for any pronunciations I might butcher. I wanted to acknowledge that I recorded this podcast on the unceded traditional Coast Salish territories of the Musqueam, Kwantlen, Stazuminus, Stolo, Sawasan, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Shout out to the Sekwepmek Nation, on whose land I got my degree, considering the Kamloops Indian Residential School closed only in 1996 when I was 10, I have found nothing but unending patience and kindness in the Tekemlupste Sekwepmek folks with whom I've interacted. Let's never forget genocide in the hope we don't make the same dehumanizing, cruel mistakes again. Thank you.